Hi friends, just a brief little addendum to this episode you are about to hear. I am outside, so you will probably hear some birds going. Um, I've made a decision to change the direction of the podcast, um, both of my podcasts. So jokes on me coming up with creatures of change because I mean, really where that came from is many of us, arguably all of us, because we are all constantly having to adapt to change, but some of us also really love change and that is me. So I thought it would be fun to do a podcast on that, but turns out it was only intended to be for one brief little season. And now I am shifting my online focus to an exciting new development um, called Bad Bitch Therapist. So soon we will be relaunching in this podcast feed bad bitch therapist podcast in early 2023 but i didn't want these creatures of change conversations or the past body full conversations to get lost and go away forever so i'm just leaving them here in this feed labeled as the podcast they are so you can continue to find those enjoy those share them and Meanwhile, watch for brand new episodes coming in early 2023 of Bad Bitch Therapist Podcast. Thanks, guys. We've all said it at some point. I'm just a creature of habit. And sure, there's a lot to say for consistency and routine. But what about that other aphorism? The only constant in life is change. Maybe we're creatures of change too. In this podcast, we'll explore change from a variety of perspectives. Stories of people who've made huge changes in the trajectory of their lives, others who've made small but lasting and impactful changes in their day-to-day lives. And we'll also just nerd out about the science of human behavior and how we can get better at executing the small changes and embracing the big ones. I'm Valerie Martin, and you're listening to Creatures of Change. Hello, friends, and welcome to our first episode of Creatures of Change with a guest. I really am enjoying these conversations around the subject of change and transition and habit change and all of that. So um, this first conversation with our guest Ray Holloman was just really fun and Ray is such a cool person. In fact, um, the bio that I'll read to you in a minute, I didn't even have when we had our conversation. So I just kind of know Ray as a friend in town, um, but I don't know him well, and hearing about all the things that he's involved in, like, damn, this is somebody who um, is humble, but also, you know, knows their shit um, and has done a lot of cool things. So I, I hope that you'll really enjoy this conversation when Ray shares his story about gender transition and just life as a trans person and a lot of other changes that we discussed in the conversation. So um, I hope that you're really going to enjoy this one as much as I did. A couple of other things that I'll mention before we uh, jump into Ray's bio. 
So I'm preparing for leaving on a seven-day silent retreat at the Insight Meditation Society in a couple hours outside of Boston um, in just a few days. And let's just say that I have not been training on the cushion as much as I maybe had intended to. So it's going to be quite the uh, shock to my system to make such a drastic change of no technology, no writing, no reading, no talking, of course, no eye contact. Um, really, it's the writing and reading part that's going to be like the most hard because if it were just the other stuff, but I could have my books and my journal, like I'm good. I could be here for a few months. <laughs> so that is going to be a huge temporary change for me that I will probably do a little bit of a solo episode reflecting on afterwards, either on here or on Bodyful, depending where I think it fits, or perhaps it'll be an, an overlap episode. So stay tuned on that. Um, hopefully I don't literally implode, <laughs> but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, even though I have some, some nervousness. So um, yeah, that's really all I wanted to share. And um, let's just jump into Ray's bio. Ray Holloman is a black transgender man that lives in the South. His unique identity gives him the ability to see multiple sides of marginalized communities. Ray does disaster recovery for a large tech company and has a bachelor's of business administration from Belmont University and master's degrees from Lipscomb University and Tennessee Tech University. Ray is married with four-ish dogs. You'll hear more about that in the convo. 20-ish chickens and nine-ish quail. Um, He has worked in the past with groups including the Tennessee Transgender Political Coalition, the Trans Empowerment Project, Nashville Technology Council, and other various nonprofits. And currently chairs, and this is like a really long and really cool committee name, chairs the New Leaders Council Pride Caucus Transgender Education Subcommittee. Also, Vanderbilt University Medical Center LGBTQ Plus Advisory Board and Chair of the Tennessee Department of Health HIV Prevention Transgender Task Force. Damn, Ray is doing some things. He enjoys sharing his story to educate the public about transgender and queer people and in his limited, yes, spare time, enjoys farming, quilting, and cooking. All right, without further ado, let's jump into this conversation with Ray Holloman. Ray, thank you so much for doing this. I'm super excited. I'm excited too. This is this is just awesome. And so I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Um, we are the only other time we've really hung out outside of like a group setting was uh when we had to get together to discuss our shared uh love and disdain for love is blind. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shake. I'm still, I'm just still angry about it. Honestly, it's been months and I'm still upset about it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I, I hope that shake has gotten into therapy, but I don't think that's probably happened. No, probably not. (laughs) So when I put out the call for like anyone who wanted to talk about change from whatever angle you were like, I'm down um and knowing yeah. that you are a trans guy obviously that's a pretty big change that we'll talk about but in general it seems like 
um, you're someone who has kind of done so much change that you you embrace it. Yeah, which is kind of like counter to like what a lot of people think. Like when I do a change, like I think about it for a really long time mm -hmm. and then do the change versus like, you know, some people that are like really spur of the moment. They're like, oh, I'm just going to go and like do this. Yeah, and I'm like, me. no, <laughs> I got to like think about it for like six months before I'm like going to do it. But then once I do it, I'm like fully committed to it. I'm like, yeah. all in nice. Completely. Cool. So yeah, I don't know if you want to start with talking a little bit about your transition as kind of like a big, big change, but then there's definitely other other things around change that I want to talk about. But yeah, when when would you say that all kind of started? Yeah, so like, I mean, when I was growing up, I mean, I didn't even know the word transgender. Like, that wasn't yeah. a thing. Like, it mm -hmm. was not as prevalent in like the late 90s um, as it is today. And so I just knew I was different. And like, mm -hmm. I had to change a lot of people's mindsets and just like school of like, what does a very masculine, um, you know, feminine, somebody assigned mm -hmm. female at birth look mm -hmm. like. And I was like, cause I was not it. I still remember my senior photos and like, I begged and pleaded with the people to let me wear like the men's like yeah. thing. So I didn't have to wear like the drape. Cause I was like, no, I am not into this. So I like, I think I've burned every single one of my high school senior photos at this time. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so it was about 22 I guess like I had came out to my parents as a lesbian like prior to this but I was like mm -hmm. I was starting to realize I was like lesbian doesn't really quite fit how I feel mm -hmm. um and I was like and I was like am I comfortable just being like a very 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 masculine lesbian or like do I need to transition so that was when I was 22 I didn't transition until I was 26 and so yeah. I had like been debating about it like you know for a few years I was like I didn't know if I was gonna have to change jobs I didn't know like the partner I was with at the time I was like are they still going to want to be with me spoiler alert I transitioned mm -hmm. and like three months later we broke up because mm -hmm. I transitioned mm -hmm. um on so a bunch of other things but I was just like I'm not happy so I finally took a trip um, I was doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu at the time, so I went and did a tournament in Vegas, and people don't think you're going to, like, discover yourself in Vegas. Like, you go out <laughs> there to, like, get drunk and party. Yeah. I did the exact opposite. I was out there for, like, four days by myself at this jiu-jitsu tournament, and so, like, I had a lot of times, like, I didn't have a coach. I didn't, I wasn't staying anybody. I was all out there by myself, mm -hmm. and so I was, like, I had a lot of time to just really think, um so that was also the weekend that like Pokemon Go got like exploded so I'm like playing Pokemon Go in Vegas <laughs> and just thinking and I was like I am not happy um as who I am like I need to transition if that means I have to find a new job if that means I have to like do all this stuff I'm like because I'm not happy I have not been happy with who I am like in middle school high school college you know working and so I was just, I just got to do it. So I went to Vegas on that, on that trip. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna come back to Nashville and I'm going to figure out how do I transition? Because this was 2016, but it still wasn't as prevalent as it is now. And to mm -hmm. think that that's only been six years ago um, at this point. And I'm just kind of like, it has just seems like it just exploded. And so I was like, came here, found somebody that would get me on hormones and I just started researching the internet of like okay how do I go about changing my name 
Um, how do I go about getting my driver's license updated? How do I do this at work? Because my work had no experience with it. So that was yeah. a huge change for them was like, we've got somebody that's been here this many years and we're like, we don't know what to do for you, but we'll mm. figure it out, which meant my HR department thought that it was like, well, we're going to talk about it at the CIO and all his direct reports level and let them just tell everybody. So basically everybody in our IT department, which was about 3000 people had to find out that I was trans and transitioning because of the oh, role that wow. I was in. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and so I just got really used then to just, you know, having to, it was a really big change and um, I lost the, I lost some friends and mm. like people just didn't want to interact with me in the same way. But I always go back and tell people, I'm like, the biggest things about my transition is that my name and um, pronouns change, but like, I still was wearing the same clothes that I wore prior <laughs> to transition, after transition. Like I still have some of them, like not, it wasn't like a drastic change. Like I grew yeah. a beard like that was about it. Like and you have the same personality. Like you're <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I'm the same person. I just use different pronouns and mm. I have a different name now. That's it. So mm. I feel like that helped some people because they were like, mm. oh, you literally all you did was change your name and pronouns. But that's also the hardest part for other people to change in their heads yeah. are names and pronouns. They're like, we can see you're literally the same person, but that just those just those pieces are just so hard for people. But that was a super big change. And so that kind of just let me, you know, let, let me open up to be like, I can change a lot of other things about my life too, because mm. I'm not beholden to these like standards that I was born with at this point. So yeah. that was really cool. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. It's it changes like that. Um, it, it kind of makes me think of that phrase of like blowing your life up. Because even though no mm -hmm. one or most people who do a change that kind of blows their life up, they're not, that's not why they're doing it. That's just the un right. unfortunate consequences of it is that it's going to impact so many other things. And so I think, of course, there are a lot of times where somebody might think, well, I would really want to make that change, whether it's, you know, transitioning or something else, but it would blow my life up. And so therefore it's not mm -hmm. an option for me. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I imagine that it's, it's not as simple as like a, well, it's worth it if, and, and there's a rubric, but um, yeah, I wonder what you would say about that. If, you know, someone was kind of saying like, I, I really do want to make this change, but it's going to have all these, this, you know, domino effect on so many aspects of my life. And how, what am I supposed to do with that? Exactly. I was like, I completely just like blew up everything. And like, cause people, like most people in my life didn't know what that meant. And like mm -hmm. having to go and like tell these people and having these really awkward conversations with like your boss and stuff and like trying to explain to them like what it means to be transgender. Like, cause like we didn't talk about like me being a lesbian prior to that. Like, mm -hmm. like he was cool with it. Like I showed up to the interview with like a whole suit and tie on. So like he knew I was different and he still hired me. But it was like, that was just like one step too much. But, you know, ultimately he was like, you're a great employee. Let me know if anybody is like mean to you and we'll deal with it. And cool. so that was just really cool. Like he 
definitely didn't understand it. I mean, like, I taught that dude a lot transitioning. I taught a lot of people a lot, <laughs> yeah. but he didn't understand it, but he was like, you're a good employee. You're a good person, and nothing really is changing. Like, you're just using a different, like, at the end of the day, you're just using a different name and pronouns. Like, that's not, he's like, he's like, he, the best way he equated it is like, I don't go by my first name. I go by my middle name. You know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, it's just what you prefer, and I prefer different pronouns than what I was assigned at birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you've said, I mean, even, even since 2016, it's changed so much in terms of now there's this like kind of um, understanding, at least in many circles of like, Hey, maybe do some Googling and stuff yourself and don't like force your trans friend to completely educate you on everything. Right. But, you know, back in 2016, I don't think that that was necessarily the prevailing narrative certainly for anyone who transitioned, you know, 10, 20 plus years ago. Exactly. I'm like, and I tell people, I'm like, I'll tell you about being trans, you know, all day long, but like, can you buy me like a sandwich or something? Like, <laughs> let's, let's have some kind of like, uh, um, you know, Exchange some kind of, of trade or yeah. transaction, Energy you know, something. Um, but a lot of it has been. And so like, I've been very fortunate to be in a place where I can be very, um, visible about mm-hmm. it and you know because my work like I transitioned very publicly at work so I'm like there's no point hiding it because if I'm having to do this at work there's no point trying to hide it in my private life if I'm having to do this at work um, so I've been very fortunate with that and so like that's been a, a huge benefit of mine and I know that I'm very privileged mm-hmm. to be that way and so like I definitely take that into consideration of like yeah. the companies that I work for um, and have worked for that they have all been like very cool with it and that's one thing that I look for when I'm applying for new jobs is like do you have gender identity in your non-discrimination policy because if nice. you don't immediately write off because I'm like this is not going to work because I'm not going to like hide myself and put myself up in a place where I could potentially be fired for just who I am. I'm like, I don't have time for that. I already (laughs) live in the South and I deal with enough of it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Um, I don't know. This may be like a really obvious question, but what has been the best part of that change for you? Just my happiness. Like I had been depressed and suicidal for years and so like really just getting to be myself um has just changed like my whole outlook because like I really don't care like I don't have to really be beholden to what anybody wants me to be I'm like if you don't like who I am then like you don't have to be friends with me that's cool but I'm gonna be over here doing me um Mm -hmm. and so that's just been the best part is just like the freedom that I've had to just like be myself and not have to worry about like fitting into any boxes like yeah I'm a dude that likes to quilt and I also like farm like I have all of these various (laughs) hobbies that are just a conglomeration of who I am as a person and they don't fit neatly in one space or another and so that's just been really nice but ultimately it's just like I just get to be who I want to be and I don't really care about like what others have to say because I'm like you like I spent 26 years unhappy Mm-hmm. I've spent the last six very happy. I'm like, I would not go <laughs> back to that for anything at this point. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Um, you mentioned that kind of stepping into that really big change sort of opened the door for you to go, oh, I can actually, if I can change this, I can change anything. Um, so what were some of the other things or, or you know, pick whichever one you want to start with uh, that you uh, decided that you wanted to change? 
Yeah, so I mean, like, probably for me was just, I had always been told like, okay, your hair has to be like a certain way. I know that's like a really, but like hair is such a big thing in like professional spaces and especially, you know, being black. It's like, so like I always Mm -hmm. had, like when I was growing up, my hair was always relaxed. And then when I was 23, I think I like cut it off to like a faux hawk. Um, And then when I transitioned, I just completely like cut all my hair off. But I'm Mm -hmm. like, now I'm like, I can have dreads if I want to and it's not a really big thing anymore and like that's <laughs> actually so like I can just like like I can change what I look like and people don't care as much another big thing is that like for years I was like I'm not going to get any tattoos on my forearms because it's not mm. seen as professional mm-hmm. and all of that stuff and so over like over the pandemic and stuff I'm like you're hiring me for my knowledge what <laughs> I look like does not matter so if I want to put dinosaurs on my forearm, I'm going to put dinosaurs on my forearm <laughs> and you're going to be okay with it. Or you just won't hire me, either one. Yep. Um, but it's just kind of like, I've kind of stopped living for like what the society expectations are of me and like mm. how you should be and how you should dress and stuff like that. And so, you know, that also meant finding companies that appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So like, I now have dinosaurs on my forearm, which is a really big talking point when you're when one of your manager has a four-year-old that loves dinosaurs. <laughs> you know, we've become, I am now friends with a four-year-old because yeah. I have dinosaurs on my forearm. And so that's just been like, just that like those expectations, I'm just like, mm. I've already broken so many molds and doing whatever I want. So I'm just like, I'm just going to keep going. Why stop now? Just, yeah. Why stop? Like, I'm just going to do what I want. It's fine. That's amazing. And yeah, we are, of course, I think it's it's so um, important to kind of name that like, there's so much that is just fucked up today, right? In our, in our culture, in our society. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, we know that. Um, and to notice the the changes that have happened slowly, or, you know, some just even more in recent years. Um, it's pretty cool because even though, you know, you could have taken that sort of stance of radical authenticity 20 years ago in corporate America, um, you might've had more trouble with it, right? Just externally. And and it might still have been worth it, but, um, it's, it is neat to see, like you're saying that even in sort of the, those more corporate settings, that sort of epitome of, of conforming to societal norms, people and organizations are starting to um, embrace, you know, uniqueness and the fact that professional doesn't have to look one certain way. Yeah, I think that's been the uh, huge thing. And I think that the companies that are grasping onto that fact, and I think that fact also goes with like, remote working and things like Mm -hmm. that, the companies that are grasping onto that today are going to be the ones that succeed and prevail because they realize that like we can't go back to how we were working three years ago we have Mm -hmm. found out that working from home for a lot of people for some positions is a more beneficial way I'm like I now work for a company based out of Seattle so like Mm -hmm. I am 100% remote but just I don't have to worry about commuting to the office or worrying about traffic on the interstates or having a three-hour commute go back and forth and I'm like I just 
wake up in the morning, I can work and I can do other stuff intermingled without my day because I don't have to just sit here for 40 hours and work all day. I'm like, I can go outside and check on my chickens or I can go run down the street and, you know, get some mail or do other things throughout the day that you used to have to cram in until like those few hours between the time you got home and the time you went to bed at night. And like now it's more interspersed. And so my just my day to day is just completely different. But I think it's also a healthier way because I don't mm. have to my mind does not work to be focused on something for eight hours a day. So <laughs> now I can just break it up into chunks. And now I actually get more productivity all day long across multiple avenues of my life mm. versus just one of them, which is working. Yeah. And it's like, it kind of challenges, you know, that sort of old notion of work-life balance. What I hear in that is like work-life integration that, you know, I don't know if you've mm -hmm. seen uh, severance on Apple TV. Have you seen it? I haven't. It's so good. I highly recommend. Um, but okay. basically without spoiling anything, the premise is sort of like essentially that what if your work life could be completely separate so that work life doesn't really have any any recollection of your home life and vice versa um and it completely uh siloed in that way and of course we know that is uh you know sci-fi's mechanism of showing us the extreme version of something that we think might mm -hmm. sound like a good idea um right. but that that integration it to me just seems like so much more of a healthy way to live as opposed to like oh I, you know, go and sort of slave away at the office for eight hours just so that I can afford to enjoy the other two hours of my day. <laughs> exactly. And that's what's been like so beneficial for me. I'm like, okay, so like I can go do my laundry when I'm walking to the other side of the house because I need to go get something from over there. And so like now I don't have to worry about my laundry piling up because I don't have time to do it because I'm exhausted by the time I work for work in Nashville for nine hours and then I have to drive an hour and a half home then you have to fit in time to work out and I'm like now I just intermingle all of that time together so I'm still getting the same amount of work done but if I want to work at 10 p.m because that's a better time for me to work okay as long as I make it to my during the day meetings they're pretty okay with it they're like they don't care what time I work as long as I'm getting my work done and can produce on my deadlines and I'm like that's such a much better way to live than trying to try to get everything done within eight hours because it never happened and then mm -hmm. I'm like so I'm having to go to work drive home and then get back to work because I couldn't finish and now I finish all my stuff on like a daily basis because you don't have people driving by and stopping by your desk or having <laughs> to go search for food or go out to eat with people I'm like I just walk 10 feet to my kitchen and pick something up for lunch and I come back here and do some work because I can multitask and um do that um versus others. So that's what's been really nice about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, from kind of the the macro perspective, how much of the COVID era changes remain. You know, that's been sort of the the phase we're in right now of companies trying to figure out like, well, are we going to allow our people to stay fully remote? Are we going to make them do hybrid? Are we going to, you know, it's just it it's all kind of shaking out now. And, and I've definitely heard of plenty of people who, you know, similar to what you're saying, if, if they're, if their company was to say, well, okay, well, everyone needs to come back in the office. They'd say, all right, well, here's my two week notice. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, I mean, that's kind of why I switched companies. They were like, hey, they were like, we're going to make you start coming back in two, um, two to three days a week. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. Like, yeah. <laughs> there are so many jobs that I can do because like they put it like, well, if you're, they were like, if you're an hour outside of Nashville, you don't have to come in. But I'm like, an hour by what matrix? Right. I'm an hour away from Nashville in traffic yep. during the work week. Like it'll take me an, it was taking me an hour and 20 minutes to get to the office. Now, if you're talking about on a weekend, it's 45. So like, what's your hour matrix? Yeah, like, what that an arbitrary. Like, you know, it was yeah. like that. I'm like, I'm like, I'm closer to Kentucky than I am to Nashville. But then it's like, you're going to make me come back in because I didn't move far away during the pandemic. But what about all the people who moved to other states? You're not making them come back in mm -hmm. and be back in the office, even though they're office-based positions. So I'm like, there was no equity in that. You're like, oh, because you didn't move away, now you're going to be punished and you have to come in. And I was like, that doesn't work for me. Yep. And so I went somewhere that I was like, you're 100% remote. Like, we want you to come in like once a quarter for yeah. an on-site that we'll pay for. I'm like, that's great. Cool. I get to travel. Yeah. Cool. But I was like, but I'm like, there's no point because I could go in the office and still have to have WebEx meetings because we had 20 different buildings in Nashville. So mm -hmm. how is that any more beneficial? <laughs> right. I'm now just sitting in Nashville instead of sitting at my house. I just, I didn't understand it. And so I was like, and so that was a big change that I had this year is like, I left a company I had been at for 12 and a half years. Yeah. Um, because I was like, you know what, this isn't benefiting me in the same way anymore. And yeah. so that's probably, I've been like needing to like change jobs for a while. And so it just finally got to like, here's the last straw. And I was mm -hmm. like, you know what, it's just time for me to go. And so um, ultimately that's what I did. And then much growing in a much different way now than I was at the company that I was cool. at. I mean, I learned a lot there, but it was also time for me to go somewhere else. Yeah. Cool. So as far as um, the animals go, what is your your, your name? Mm -hmm. The, the Holloman House of Wayward Animals or something? <laughs> yes. The Holloman <laughs> House of Wayward Animals. Holloman I love it. Wayward Animals. Yes, because we... That's just what we seem to acquire at this yeah. point. Did you grow up with a lot of animals or is that another thing that has been a change in your life? That is probably more, that is a big change. So growing <laughs> up, I had some fish for a while. I had a dog when I was like five that lasted like six months. Oh. I had another dog when I was like 16. And he kept running away. And so that lasted about a year. Mm -hmm. uh, and so then when I became, um, uh, when, I be, when I moved out and bought my first house, that's when I got a dog. Um, and so I was like, this is great. I got like an eight-week-old dog. Um, and they're like, oh, he'll be like 50 pounds. I was like, that's great. That's a good size. This dog turned out to be like an 80 pounds as an adult. <laughs> he was a big lab pit bull mix, but he was like super sweet. Um, and so then I met Alicia. And so by that time I had two dogs and she had a dog. And so now it's just like an, a revolving door of animals that are coming in and out of this house. And so um, this year we were finally like, I was finally like, yes, you can start fostering dogs because she has wanted to do that the entire mm -hmm. time that we've been together. And I was like, fine, you can start fostering dogs 
because one of us is always here at this point and we're just kind of like we were at a good place and so we're like cool we'll foster dogs and so now we just seem to acquire animals and even before that like the last two our our true last dogs that we got before our most current set we had a friend that moved away and they um their dog was older and they didn't want to disrupt that dog by taking it to texas Mm -hmm. and so we ended up with that she had a friend that had an aunt pass and so they had a dog that needed a new home so that is how dogs have been ending up (laughs) at our house um and so now the most current two with the rescue that uh, we work with that is how we have got our most most current two dogs so we have four permanent dogs and then we have um one foster right now and then we have the chicken and the quail that I take care of outside. Nice. So I'm just kind of like anybody that's got a farm animal and I've got space, I will probably make it a home outside somewhere. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And uh, I highly enjoyed the recent um, PowerPoint that Alicia made to make an argument for keeping <laughs> one of the fosters and then your corresponding yes. contract agreement. <laughs> It was so good. Yes, that was, um, yeah, so, so we were kind of like, so we, so this year, I was like, 2020 and 2022 have both sucked in the mm. very same way. We lost two dogs in 2020, mm. and we've lost two dogs in 2022. Older so dogs, mostly, got, right? Uh, yeah, so they've mostly been yeah. older dogs, like yeah. the ones we lost in 2020, we lost them to cancer, and then mm. these, we lost um, two 12-year-old dogs. I mean, like, these are mm-hmm. older dogs. Yeah. So it sucks, and so we had just got Matilda, like, maybe three weeks prior, and so she's like, I dug the pug, it was supposed to be a foster, <laughs> and he was supposed to be a short-term foster for us because we already had a foster, mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, uh she was like no I don't want to keep him and then like two days later she's like I want to keep Doug (laughs) so she did the PowerPoint which I was like it appealed to my sense of needing like documentation (laughs) um so I was like fine if you went through all this effort to put together a PowerPoint (laughs) I'm gonna put together a contract um it says we can't get any more dogs that that are going to be permanent residents here I'm like the max is five that is a lot of dog that's Uh a lot of dog here that's a lot of dog food, <laughs> especially when they all have different diets. No oh, one gosh. eats like the same thing or the same <laughs> amounts. Uh, so it was like dinner time is like, okay, I have to remember which dog gets which thing, who has medication that needs to go in their food. I'm like, it's a lot. So it's like five is enough. Like if we had like five easy dogs, still five is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we wrote the contract and um, and so she's like, I really should have like, bargained more in this contract and I was like no five is enough like we're, we're good yeah um, you, you already signed it <laughs> you already signed it we're good and so um that contract did not preclude me from getting more chicken so I was like That's good because uh, <laughs> I need you know I need my chickens because we have a dog that continuously eats the chicken oh, so I have no. to like that's a Poor whole chickens. yeah oh. I have I have a whole chicken a fortress outside to keep the oh, dog nice. away from them nice yeah yeah an ever-evolving security (laughs) yeah whenever I find holds in it I basically have to go like plug those immediately because otherwise it's not it's not a good time yep so you were saying at the beginning that 
even as someone who's now gotten pretty comfortable with pretty big changes, that you like to kind of take your time with it. You like to kind of do your research and really kind of prepare for it. Um, I just wonder if there's anything that you might say to someone who they have a change they're wanting to make and and they're feeling kind of stuck or scared or paralyzed. Um, what would you say to them? Change doesn't have to be done quickly. And mm. so take your time, think about it. Because some changes are like can be super small, but they can also be super impactful because you I a lot of times think of like um I do continuity planning for a living. Hmm. So I'm always thinking about like what are like the other things that potentially could happen. Like if I if X happens, what does Y needs to occur? And hmm. so um, you know, so I think a lot about those type of things, but it's like always thinking about it doesn't have to happen quickly. Like if you want to make a change, think about it. Ask people that you know that have gone through similar changes. You know, what was their thought process like? Uh, because you want to be, you want to feel comfortable in whatever change you make. Um, I really feel like, because if you try to make a change that is um, too quickly, at least for me, you may have to reverse course and it could be hard. Um, Cause I also want to make sure that like, I'm not going to, damage relationships, but ultimately you have to do what's best for you. Um, so it's just really take your time with it because mm -hmm. if it takes you six months to make a change, which you're going to be, and you're happy at the end of it, that's what really matters is ultimately making the changes to make yourself happy mm -hmm. and not to make anybody else happy. Because if you make a change to make someone else happy, you're going to probably end up being very unhappy in the end. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, and are there any changes that you are currently working on or kind of have on the horizon? I guess probably my biggest change right now is that I um, I am trying to get into um, goat farming. Oh wow! And so this has been um, this has been like about the last year, and so. I've been doing a lot of research on like, what's the best type of goats? What should you have? And the reason I want the goats is that we're on about two acres and about yeah, an acre grass. of it is like swamp, mm -hmm. is swampy. And so like, if I take my mower down there, it gets stuck. But if I take mm -hmm. a goat, they won't <laughs> get stuck. Um, and I just think it would be, I just have enjoyed having like outdoor animals. It's a reason mm -hmm. for me to go outside every day, cool. even if it's cold, um, even if since it's been like 90 something Oppressively degrees every day. <laughs> yeah, I am forced to go out there and check mm. on them um, every day. And so that is really what I like about it. And mm. so, but the way I really like to like acquire my animals, is like if somebody's like, you know, having to like move or something, they can't take it with them. Like, I don't like want to feed into the like goat farming, like, industry yeah but like yeah. if something happens to somebody because like that's how I got started in chickens is that mm. my friends needed to move away and they had chickens and we're getting out of the farm business and so that's how I got them um because yeah. like I don't want to milk them I'm like I just really want them to just be able to live their, their life. life and eat my grass <laughs> that's live awesome. their life eat my grass <laughs> that's really what I want you know cool. um so I'm like should I get ones that 
you know, you can um, turn the hair into fiber because then it's mm-hmm. like, it benefits them. It benefits me, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Um, people always ask me, like, do you eat any of your animals? And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, we do not eat. We eat the chick, we eat the chicken eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we don't eat them. Yeah. Um, because I'm just like I, they're in my backyard. Like I've been chilling with them. Like, my that just seems a little weird for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we go out there and have conversations. Like that just seems a little weird. Yeah. Um yeah. at least to me. So that's that's probably like one of the biggest like mm-hmm. I want to do that and ducks. That's the okay. other thing. But I've learned that you can't put male ducks with female chicken hens. Oh, and so okay. I'm like, all right, I gotta build like a new enclosure. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, so that's those are all the things that are like coming up. So like when it cools down, hopefully this fall, I can build out their enclosure. So next spring I can have ducks and goats. That would be really awesome. Cool. Well, uh, when that happens, I need to come out to see these animals and play with the goats. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I'm like, I feel like goats would be so much fun. I'm like, I want like the smaller ones too, because I'm like, I don't need a goat that's going to be bigger than me. Like I don't Right. So you're I'm not like, looking to get, get some, you know, like, kicked in the shin or anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't want that. And I'm like, I'm like, everybody's talks about the feigning goats. And I'm like, I feel like that would just stress me out. <laughs> like that would stress me out a little bit too much. Cause what if they just fall? I'm like, I'm like, if they don't get back up quick enough, I'm like, I just, no, that doesn't, that doesn't seem like a good time. Yeah. Oh man. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to say about change or your relationship with change uh I would say that like my relationship with change is always ever evolving I um, over the (laughs) it is basically um and I'm trying to get better with um things that change quicker than I want them to Mm -hmm. Um, I do a, a really bad job of like, um, uh, when like something changes in the house, like I will a lot of times notice it because I'm like, okay, something has changed in the environment. Mm-hmm. This is not, this is not okay. Um, but, um, cause for like a long time, like I lived by myself or like when I lived at home with my parents, like I had my own space. So like nobody bothered it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, where is this thing? Like I put this thing here for a specific reason. And so a lot of times that means that we, we have to have a lot of conversations around it. Mm. Um, but I'm trying to get better at that because there's some things about being able to make quicker changes and not have Mm. to think about it. Um, cause like in like a crisis situation, I can make like decision and change stuff really quickly, but it's like my day to day. It's like, no, does not happen. Like, I am still debating on like what color I want to paint my office and it's been like six months. Um, <laughs> so like trying to get better at things like that. Cause at the end of the day, it's just paint. Um, but I think that's the thing is that like, you know, you're, there's going to be times where it's easier, but I'm like, there's so much otherness going on that I'm mm-hmm. like, some days it's just about surviving <laughs> to the end of the day without screaming at anybody and if yep. I done that, then that's a good day. So I'm just like, I'm not being too hard on myself because there's just a lot that is going on. And I'm like, if I just make it through the day, we've done a good job. So that's really, yep. you know, it's just trying to continuously make that relationship better, but also giving myself grace that like, we're in a time that is ever changing that I mm-hmm. have no control over. And so I'm like, the things that I can control, I will try to control, but the things that I can't, 
I will like go outside and just hang out with my chickens until I calm back down. I'm like, all right, this is good. I don't have enough energy to worry about this anymore. So I'm just going to move on. Yep. That reminds me of the, this idea that I really like about like, um, the comfort zone is actually not a bad place to be right. There's like so much of this, like life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. And we know that we do have to get uncomfortable, which often means some kind of change, um, to grow and to, you know, have new experiences. And sometimes when we're doing a lot of growth and, and new stuff, it's really nice to then just come to our favorite place that we know is going to be the same every time. And we know our routine and we have our favorite drink there every time. And, you know, so it's that kind of like ebb and flow of change and consistency. Right. It's like when everything else is changing outside, I'm like, I like things to be here. If nothing, things cool out there then I'm like, okay, we have some time to like explore Uh and expand stuff or just giving me a heads up. Like, Hey, I'm thinking about making this change in like three months. That's great. That gives me time to think (laughs) about it, recognize that it's going to happen, you know, understand it, do any research that I need to do about it. Um, things like that. So it's, it's, you know, it's like, you know, I feel like you know, a few years ago, like things were just like really consistent. And now it's just like every day, something else is blowing up. Yep. So I'm just kind of like, we're constantly, I'm just like, I'm just rolling with it. And so like, if things can't change around the house for a while, that's cool. I survived the day. And that's what was really (laughs) important. Exactly. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you for coming on and sharing some of your story and just uh, helping us to think about change in some different ways. Yeah, this is just exciting. Uh, I'm glad you were thinking about this topic because like change is just so impactful. And I think that this is a really good conversation to just realize that like change is everywhere. Nothing is going to stay the same. Um, And so just thinking about how do you deal with it and how do you just roll in an ever-changing environment at this point? Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and uh, we'll chat soon. hope you enjoyed this episode and if you feel moved to share it with someone you think would love it or maybe leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I would be ridiculously appreciative. If you or someone you know has an interesting and inspiring story about change, please reach out and let me know. You can send any interview recommendations to creaturesofchangepodcast at gmail.com. For show notes for this and previous episodes, head over to gaiacenter.co podcast. That's G-A-I-A center.co slash podcast, where you can also check out our sister podcast, Bodyful. You can connect with me on Instagram at Val K. Martin, that's K-A-Y spelled out, and at the Gaia Center, which is the name of my Nashville-based therapy practice. You can also sign up for the Gaia Center monthly newsletter at bit.ly slash Gaia Center News, where we'll share about groups and events we're offering locally, along with tips and resources from our therapists that we hope will be valuable and relevant wherever you may be listening from. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time.